Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome to the Impact Business Group Job Talk. It's our first episode for the new year, and um, we thought we would revisit a topic that we haven't talked about in a while, but thought we might want to update on any new uh, uh, best practices or any new uh, any new uh, uh, things that you should be thinking about as you're putting together your resume for 2022. Uh, so I have with me our uh, trusty old friend, Matt Peel. How are you doing, Matt? Hey, Mark. Good to be uh, here. Yeah. How are you, how's your new year going so far? So far, so good. Uh, we also have with us uh, from our Tampa location, uh, which is uh, it's a lot sunnier and warmer than up here in Grand Rapids, Michigan right now, uh, one of our uh, account managers and recruiters, Mark Herman. How are you doing, Mark? Doing great. So uh, let's dive right into it. So uh, I thought we'd bring this topic back up again. I know we've talked about resumes before, and um, a lot of things have changed over the last year or so uh, with um, interviews going more remote uh, and virtual. Uh, A lot of people are working from home more so than in the office. A lot of different types of changes going on in the workplace. So I wanted to get your guys' take on uh, if there's anything that folks should think about as far as their resume too, if anything has changed. Um, and so I know in the past it used to be your resume should be one page and then it was, well, it can be two pages probably. Uh, but I wanted to get your take on what you recommend and what you're seeing right now is as far as length of a resume, should it be one page or two pages? And, uh, Matt, I'll throw it out to you first to let us know what you think on that. Well, the one page is always for somebody that, uh, uh, is, you know, two years of experience or less, right, where they don't have many bullets to talk about in their current position or their targeted role. So that one pager is applicable for, you know, new grads and and people that uh, uh, may be just starting their career. Um, outside of that, I am an advocate that uh, more information um, is appropriate than less. Um, more often in today's world, those resumes are going directly to the line manager or the hiring manager, and they want more detail, uh, not less detail. They're less concerned about a cover letter and more interested in tell me what you specifically have done as far as uh, uh, your accomplishments go. Okay. And uh, Mark, is that what you're seeing as well, or are you seeing any changes as far as what candidates are sending in or what clients are asking to see on a resume? I agree with Matt. You know, going to two pages is okay. One of the things you just want to watch out for is if you're only using a couple of lines of page two or page three, then you want to try to uh, format it to where it's using as much of the previous page as you can to to not have unnecessary wasted space. Okay. Uh, And uh, starting out on a resume, uh, a lot of people like to put an objective. And sometimes that objective is not very helpful. They'll say, I want a job where I can utilize my skills or something generic. Uh, so I wanted to see if that's something you are, I'll, I'll start with you, Mark. Uh, is that something that you are looking for uh, as far as an objective? And if so, when are you looking for it? What type of jobs? Uh, and uh, what do you like to see on that objective? Typically, uh, I would only use a professional summary or objective section uh, if I'm tailoring it to the job I'm applying for. Otherwise, I would skip it or just put uh, you know skills up at the top instead of an objective statement. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with Mark in that aspect, right? Uh, create that professional summary. Uh, an objective can be proclusive rather than inclusive, right? Um, so I'm a fan of the, the, the professional summary, um, surmising a technical skill, industry experience, 
soft attributes, technical capabilities, whatever it might be. But I'm a big advocate of putting that in a professional summary rather than an objective because the objective is the same. It's to to get a job. Okay, so so instead of the objective, having more of a summary of where they're at in their career, what they're looking for next, and uh, any other pertinent information. So, for example, if somebody is um, uh, working remote or wanting to work remote, uh, so if they're not in the same location as the job, should they highlight that they want to work remote? Would that be the place? Or uh, what are your takes on that as far as the people wanting to do that kind of uh, work instead of coming into the office? Yeah. So if you have a resume that's already formatted, you want to make sure you remove any location identifiers from it. You know, you don't want to have your city state zip there if you're targeting a remote position, because more than likely the hiring company is looking for somebody local first. So that would be my advice there. And then identify it in the summary, you know, seeking a a remote position. That way um, it's qualified for you. Okay. Uh, So on a a little side note of that, if uh, so people are looking for a remote job, sometimes the job is titled as a remote and we would think the employer is expecting to receive applications from all over the place because they don't really care where the person lives. Um, But uh, if uh, let's say you're applying for a job that doesn't say remote, but you're thinking, well, let me, if you think you're still a good fit, um, would this be a good place to still let the employer know that uh, I'm looking for this. I think I'm a good fit, but I'm looking to do this as a remote job. Um, how would you approach that on a resume uh, to make sure that employer doesn't just look at your location or something else and toss it to the side because they don't think you're in the right area? Again, another tough one, right? I, I think if somebody is looking for remote and they're applying for a position that's based in Grand Rapids and they're remote in Florida, then Right. I, I don't want it to create a bait and switch. I wanted that to be front and center saying, listen, I am I am available for hybrid or remote spots only. I'm not looking to relocate or commute to uh, an office location um, at all, whether it be 10 minutes away or 10 hours away. Right. So this so so the objective or the the top slot of, of the resume, that would be a, a good place then to put that type of information? I do. I want to know if somebody's right, what their palate is to, to, to being on site. And, and I think the same thing holds true on the candidate side is they're thinking about rewriting their resume and getting it in order, right? If you would consider a hybrid role that's, you know, an hour commute, but you only need to be there one once a month, then you've got to make sure in your professional summary, you're being more, um, approachable for these type of opportunities. As a candidate, I would rather the opportunity come to me and then I determine whether it's something I want to uh, to take a look at or not. I think a lot of times it could be too proclusive saying, I'm only going to be on site, you know, one or two days a week, but that site has to be five minutes from my, my physical location, or I can be on site, you know, once every other month. And, and uh, you know, there's just so much gray area in this this remote work hybrid capacity. What does it mean? Each client defines it differently. So um, you're either open to being on site when needed or, or you're looking for 100% remote. I guess that's uh, I guess that's the two barometers from my standpoint. I, what are you seeing, Mark? A lot of the Rex uh, positions that I'm currently working on and have been for the last several months are requiring on site. So we really haven't had a whole lot of fully remote opportunities here from the Tampa market. 
So would you still uh, uh, encourage candidates to send in their resume, if it, even if it doesn't say remote, uh, thinking that maybe the employer would be still open to remote if the right candidate came along? Uh, or would you say that doesn't happen too much? I think an employer is going to be set on what they're looking for, unless it's a specific skill set that's hard to find that they're going to have to be a little bit flexible for. But it can't hurt to apply. Right. Yep. That's kind of my thought on that, too. Um, as far as the... Um, formatting of a resume i think the the standard has been a sort of a reverse chronological order with you you put your most recent job first and then you kind of go backwards uh is that still what you're seeing and recommending or any changes to that or order of things on the resume in general from a from a flow standpoint it makes most sense and we always want to encourage people to put their most recent experience first so that that piece has not changed from a formatting standpoint um, and I just want to elaborate on what Mark said, right? He, he's seeing uh, more on-site requirements of, of his roles there in, in Tampa. And we're seeing it, you know, really throughout the entire central region, uh, having people be, be more on-site. Uh, our largest uh, grocer retailer up here in Grand Rapids, uh, Meyer Corporation, is also requiring starting March 1st that their employees are back on-site at least 65% of the time. So... Um, as, as we become more adept and comfortable in, in addressing COVID and, and following CDC and research, um, most organizations are, are still maintaining some type of work from home, but they are requiring their folks to get back on site. And uh, it's, uh, um, it's, it's really a, a tricky area. If somebody is used to being remote and wants to be remote, they got to state it on, on, on their resume uh, summary up front. If they're open to have a conversation, they truly have to think uh, to themselves, am I open to being on site um, even 50% of the time based on the client location? Yep. Uh, do you uh, recommend the, including anything in specific? So a lot of times we'll talk about when you, you're describing what you've done in previous job roles, uh, you might put you know three to five achievements that you've had within that job or maybe more if, it, if you've been there for a while. Uh, do you think there's anything that uh, candidates should put as far as remote work to highlight that they have done it or anything to indicate that they would be productive and do well in working from home? I mean, if their position that they're currently in or the one before is really a hybrid or remote spot, then yes, they should, you know, put uh, impact business group in parentheses, fully remote. Okay. Just so the reader can see they're fully remote or if it's hybrid, hybrid role on site only as needed. Um, that's not going to hurt. Okay. Uh, and uh, so aside from the reverse chronological order, when should a functional resume be used? Or should, or we're not seeing that so much anymore? I rarely see a functional resume these days. Most of the time, 95% of the time or more, it's reverse chronological. And that's what hiring companies, hiring managers are wanting to see. And uh, are there any skills or any abilities that em employers, hiring managers or U.S. recruiters are looking for that maybe weren't common a few years ago, but that have come up on a resume now or that they're asking about? So is there anything maybe that job seekers that are having applied for a few years should be thinking about adding to the resume that maybe they didn't have on there before? Not really seeking any kind of new skills over the last few years. What what 
candidates need to realize is that there is no one all be all resume that you're going to send in for every position you're targeting. You really have to take some time, update your resume to make sure it's tailored for each position that you are targeting. You want to make sure that the reader of the resume can get the nuts and bolts of it in less than 10 seconds. It's really that that's the amount of time that that you're going to get eyes on your resume, 10 seconds. So it really needs to be easy. It needs to flow. Um, but really no new skills that folks are looking for these days that they didn't have a few years ago. Okay. Uh, and uh, so on our website, when we accept resumes, people can apply in all sorts of ways. They can upload a PDF or Word document. They can attach a profile from an external site like LinkedIn or Indeed. Um, but do you have any preferred ideal formats for a resume that you think is better uh, or easier to use uh, than others? Uh, my preference is PDF or PDF or Word. Um, you know, both are editable. So, you know, you're not, you're not sending a PDF thinking that it's going to be secure. Um, but th that would be my preference of those two. Okay. Uh, Matt, do you have any other preference as far as the way that people send in their resumes? I don't, right? Word is obviously uh, um, the most common, I think. Um, for us, the resumes, when we go to enhance um, bullets, experience background for people, the ones that uh, are not uh, more graphically uh, <laughs> more graphically oriented, meaning they've got a lot of pictures or, or font changes or, or or lines and boxes in them are easier to modify and add uh, applicable bullets. So I think for me personally, Word document, less formatting, the better. Um, and, and very, very straightforward is in regards to here's my name, here's how you get a hold of me, walk into my professional summary, education, technical skills, and then jump right into the experience. I think that is the most uh, um, ideal format for me personally. Okay, and actually that, that kind of leads me into my next question uh, or topic, uh, which is how to format your resume. Uh, so we, we deal with a lot of different types of jobs and candidates. We have anything from IT and uh, engineering that's still maybe will be more technical in nature to uh, graphic design, marketing, or more creative type of jobs. Uh, so what's, uh, what's your take on or preference on as far as the formatting of, of the resume? Do you always prefer just sort of black and white, straightforward? Uh, or are there times when you want to see maybe more colors or backgrounds or images, that kind of thing uh, on the resume? Uh, Mark, I'll throw that a, to you. I'm going to jump in on Mark. I'm going to take this away from <laughs> him. But obviously, if it's a marketing spot or, or more graphics oriented, then it's more prevalent that somebody um, uses that resume more as a, a portfolio than a chronological representation of one's background. Um, IT, engineering, accounting, finance, kind of our, our core business lines, all more chronological, straightforward and in format, name, contact information, professional summary, educational background, certification, training, technical bullets, and then right into the chronological order of their, their experiences. Okay. And uh, something else that I've seen, uh, maybe it's more for people applying outside of the United States, which we usually aren't able to help with most of the jobs, but I'll, I'll bring this up anyway. Uh, I see some people will attach a photo of themselves um, on the resume too. And uh, 
I don't know if that's a cultural thing that maybe in some parts of the world that's expected, but in the United States, I, I would think it's not. So I want to see what your what your take is on that, because I do see that from time to time that people do that. Yeah, I would say no pictures on the resumes. As a rule of thumb, just don't do it. Uh, if you want a picture to be out there, you can put it on your LinkedIn page and have uh, your LinkedIn uh, link on the bottom of your resume. Yep. So I think that's a of benefit to folks that are maybe even if you're in the United States, but from a part of the world that's uh, where that's the custom to put a photo is to not put the photo when you're sending it to U.S. based employer. Um, and so I know we've talked to before about employment gaps. So how should a candidate address an employment gap on a resume? And we'll we'll take that on two different sides. If it's a COVID, you know, company closed down or layoff, whatever, uh, or if it's for a different reason than that. Um, Matt, I'll start with you. How do you think is the best way to address um, gaps on the resume? I think it's done in a one-on-one conversation when uh, – um you get in front of that that particular hiring manager, right? If if I've got a two year gap because of, of COVID and and I'm susceptible or whatever it might be, right? That's a personal decision, and and certainly you're going to get asked about that two uh, two year gap at the time of uh, an interview, whether it be phone or face to face. And that's I, I, I'm a bigger advocate of presenting that information uh, verbally than than on the resume, right? There are some people that prefer to put leave of absence or, or taking care of an elderly parent, whatever it might be. Um, I'm not opposed to it, but for me personally, I'd rather address those conversations or those gaps uh, in a voice conversation. So there's no worry. So, so candidates shouldn't worry too much that their resume won't even be considered just because there are gaps. So you're thinking most employers will still want to have the conversation or, or should they put something in there just to let them know some sort of highlight or overview of what's been going on? Yeah, I personally haven't seen a resume that said, hey, uh, out because of COVID or out of the job market because of COVID. But at the end of the day, employers are looking for core functional, technical, business acumen, communication experience. And uh, and that's really coming through when, when a discussion is had. Okay. Uh, and then my last topic for today's uh, podcast uh, is to just look forward to the rest of the year. And uh, I uh, want to get both of your takes on if there are any other trends as it relates to resumes or maybe applying for jobs in general uh, that you think are happening or already happened that, that uh, candidates should be aware of and adjust their resume accordingly um, outside of what we've already discussed. So, Mark, I'll I'll start with you. I haven't noticed any uh, recent trends or changes Um I, I, the biggest piece of advice I could give to a, a candidate searching for a job is just to make sure that you are tailoring your resume to the position and that you are targeting. Okay. Uh, Matt, anything you want to add to that? Same thing, right? It, it, it The resume has to be written with, with specific accomplishments uh, and highlighted experience towards the role you're looking to, to get into or, or maintain or apply to. Right, that's the biggest thing. Tell me about what you know in this particular area, and uh, and show me those accomplishments. Okay, perfect. So for all of those of you out there who are uh, looking for a new job, uh, or maybe want to just have some eyes and ears on the market for you, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can go on our job board or on our website to submit your resume to us, and uh, we'll be happy to take a look at it and connect with you if we have something that we think might be a match. Um, if you're looking for some more 
tips and advice on writing resumes. We have uh, some recorded webinars. We have a blog full of articles on different aspects of resume writing and other topics. So feel free to, to check those out. Uh, and uh, anything else in the last few words from either one of you before we say goodbye for today? No, obviously we would love to, to, to connect and talk with anyone that has questions on their resume or if there's ways that we can uh, can assist them in, in their job search. Obviously that's what we're here for and welcome those conversations. Yep. Uh, Mark, anything from you? Nope, I'm all set. Okay. So thanks everyone. This is our first episode of, uh, I'm sure we'll have many more to come for this year. And uh, again, visit our website at impactbusinessgroup.com. Um, daily updates on our job board and lots of great information if you're wanting some more help with your resume writing. And uh, thanks for tuning in and uh, hope to have you back next time. Thank you. Thank you.